All right, so right now we are recording. We are recording. We are on IG Live right now. This is a live podcast recording. This is going to be on Juneteenth. So we're looking at Juneteenth through the lens of Beyonce's Black Parade. So Beyonce has announced that after about, has it been six years, y'all? It's been almost six years since she's come out with some music. She is going to be blessing us. Mava is going to be blessing us with some new material this July 29th. So this is about to be in a month and 10 days. She is going to be blessing us with some new material. Praise the Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. So we are going to be talking a little bit about the Black Parade song, and then we're going to go into some more esoteric stuff from what I saw in the content that she posted um, well, not the content that she posted, the content she posted from um, the Vogue shoot, but, you know, the content from the Vogue shoot. Um, so we're going to go over a little bit of history right now because, you know, it's, it's, it's that time of year, Juneteenth. Oh, thank you so much for um, your comments. Y'all are so sweet. Um, there is currently a horn going off right now in the background and I don't want it to mess up my recording. So do y'all hear that? I'm trying to like wait a little bit. Got my lavender cigarette. Okay, I'm just gonna get this started because this this horn is really killing my vibe. Okay, so now it just stopped. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we're gonna go dive deep into Beyonce because Beyonce is an extremely powerful cultural figure um, of today. For me especially, I don't really feel like a, this hoodoo movement that we see um, on Instagram, that we see on social media, I don't really feel like it would be what it is without um, Beyonce. I know that, um, you know, hoodoo and stuff like that would still exist, but they're really, wouldn't be this kind of resurgence. I know that she inspired me. Um, I would say that there are some really interesting parallels between mine and Beyonce's lives. I do feel like as a spirit, it's really interesting. I think astrally, it's like she is working as this collective egregor spirit. I mean, I know that she does. She's also a millionaire, so she has a lot of resources and a lot of reach, but how it affects me spiritually is that I feel like she has these like ways, um, her team has these ways of seeing different types of cultural currents, different types of waves of culture, and really putting those together into a package and perform, doing performance and creating music from it, but also um, elevating these aspects in a lot of ways. And also, she really inspires other artists. I know, <clears throat> as I mentioned, I am very critical of the fact that she's a billionaire and her 24 hours do look very different from ours. But at the same time, she be putting out music to inspire us, you know what I mean? Um, and so I really feel like with this next iteration of Beyonce, this is my ginger beer I'm drinking. This next iteration of Beyonce, of Yonce, I definitely feel like we're gonna 
we're gonna see a renaissance. I heard that there's gonna be some country music. Um, me personally, I actually am kind of a fan of some country songs. I really did like Daddy's Lessons, but I'm kind of a country girl at heart. So I heard that it's gonna be dance and also some country music. Um, I really love the imagery from the Vogue shoot. We're gonna be looking at some of that here in a little bit. I'm gonna go through um, and share my screen over here on Instagram. But for everybody that's tuning in to Instagram, this is a live podcast recording. So I'm kind of looking at my screen right now. Let me make it so that you can see my mic so that I look a fisher. Can you see my mic now? Live podcast recording, baby, baby, yes. Yes, honey, we up in here. Okay, so um, yeah, that's enough of an introduction. Just basically, Beyonce, she's just really inspired me. 2003, when her first album came out, she inspired me to accept who I am, to accept my femininity, because she was just embodying just all the femme in such an interesting way. And it's interesting to see how she... Um, <clears throat> It's interesting to see how, oh my God, I thought that alarm started again. It's interesting to see how she has played with these different archetypes, these different tropes of femininity to um, become the Beyonce that we see today. I know that she hasn't had like a perfect career trajectory as far as, you know, radicalism and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it is really interesting, her like creative journey, starting with, um, you know, Destiny's Child and then we also do see a lot of hints of like Afrofuturism in her early work. With I would say Sasha Fierce is actually kind of Afrofuturist. We see like Sweet Dreams, even Diva. That the Diva is interesting. It feels like it takes place. Um, the videos feels like it takes place in kind of like a, a dystopia. You know what I mean? So um, we see her go from that to really integrating more of her like Southern ratchetness after she gains global um global fame from yes scorpio moon exactly yes after she gains fame like global fame from um you know sasha fierce we see her integrate her different sides as far as like texas and you know alabama and being <clears throat> ratchet and all that kind of stuff we see her um integrate that and um, that is what we see in the fifth album, which is Beyonce. And um, she takes it even deeper into the Southern roots with Lemonade. That is whenever we really see her emerge as like a cultural um, icon in terms of reclaiming elements of our past, elements of the black past, and really um, calling calling us back home you know she's calling us back home really artistically putting the south in the light of being a, a kind of motherland especially for um the black diaspora here in the united states so it's really interesting i i really was prideful of all that especially as being a, a hoodoo in the closet for a long time um she made me really proud she made me proud to be me and, you know, Hoodoo has a revolutionary past, period, um, a past of, of us figuring out our own spiritual and material 
means to freedom. Hallelujah. So, um, let me see what my notes are looking like. I'm gonna hit my lavender cigarette. IG, how are y'all doing? What are y'all up to? Give me some emojis. Give me some comments. What are y'all doing to celebrate Juneteenth? And everyone on uh, who's listening to this podcast, please um, leave me a comment. Let me know what you're doing to celebrate Juneteenth. You know, go leave me a review if you're listening to this period. You know, we're about to drop a lot of knowledge. Um, so the reason I'm centering Beyonce so much is because she kind of gives me a a cultural wave to talk about a central figure and everybody knows i call myself keyonce and i'm just like obsessed with her so oh you're drinking rosemary tea in bed yes so another reason i'm talking about beyonce is because her work makes us ask so many different types of questions you know it was like whenever she came out with lemonade it was like what what does it mean to be black in the South? What does it mean to reclaim our ancestry? And then she comes out with black as king. <clears throat> snatched our wigs, snatched our wigs. Um, and that went even deeper into the roots of the diaspora. Um, it went even deeper into um, the search for um, a true identity as far as it it relates to blackness in the United States and across the diaspora, across the Caribbean, across Latin America. Um, so that is really how we see her setting up the Beyonce that we know today. The queen, she makes me feel back to myself when I'm out of sorts and I'm a brown girl with indigenous roots living in Texas. Yes, I love it. And you know, Part of her family is from like literally down the road from here in New Orleans, down from um, New Iberia. And Creoles have native ancestry. I actually have native ancestry except in um, Mississippi. And yes, she really calls it, she calls it back and she makes us ask questions. She makes us ask questions about how, what is homeland? What are our cultural customs? that create this sense of a homeland, you know? Um, <coughs> so right now, we're gonna switch over, switch gears, and go over to Juneteenth. So we're gonna talk about some Juneteenth facts. And I actually kind of find this part of the story kind of trifling that, I mean, I know I, I'm here for slavery being abolished hey what's up y'all oh my god hey hazy um i'm here for slavery being ab abolished but it's kind of trifling that we're celebrating juneteenth because our our cousins were the last ones to find out in texas after niggas have been free for quite some time let me see when official abolition of slavery because Juneteenth, okay, January 31st, 1965. So it took six months. <clears throat> okay, so following, okay, so fact one. These are some facts just to give you some facts about kind of like um, abolition. Um, so the Emancipation Proclamation happened in January 1st of 1863. But Juneteenth 
isn't until June 19th, 1865. So we see a two and a half year gap in the Emancipation Proclamation, which freed enslaved black people in the States. Um, we see this happen in January of 1st, 1863. The Civil War ended in the summer of 1865. Um, and so this is six months after the end of um, the Civil War. So this is, I mean, I'm happy about it, of course, but it's like, wow, we really had to go through a lot. Literally six months, nobody knew anything. And then also, I would definitely argue, I mean, after so-called emancipation and stuff like that, there's, you know, the reconstruction period, um, which technically, if we're looking at the way that the systems transferred over the um, usage of resources the economic standing of black people, you know, look at the prison population. It all just kind of transfigured into some other stuff. But um, I always think that is an interesting idea with Juneteenth. So we always got to remember, you know, there's that's what it makes me think about. There's people who literally were still living as like enslaved people, didn't know anything about the Emancipation Proclamation being passed until six months later trifling okay so um we have another fact about juneteenth the period after juneteenth is known as the scatter so undeterred by the recommendation to remain in place as um i want to note what's up Mordog? um a lot of black people whenever they were quote unquote freed these proclamations urged them to stay in place to stay where they were to stay with the enslavers so that they could continue making money to pay wages to earn wages but y'all know y'all gonna tax do all these taxes and stuff like that so this is saying um in the general order number three yeah, exactly. Nah. The free, this is what the suggestion. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. So that sounds like a bunch of very vague BS to me. Um, so you want them to stay at these places where, trigger warning, they were sexually assaulted, my ancestors. Um, so you want them to stay in these places where they were broken up from their families. So, um, basically so that the white, um, trifling slave owners and, um, colonizers wouldn't go broke. So that is the reason we see the South really de really go down in terms of its economic standing because the labor system changed <clears throat> we see industrialization become um way more popular it grows a lot in the north in these urban cities um new orleans is really interesting because historically new orleans um 
back in the day, whenever slavery was going on, it was the heyday. It was one of the richest cities this side of the Atlantic. But, I mean, since early 1900s, New Orleans has been kind of economically depressed because a lot of um, a lot of the industry here is outdated and things just changed so you gotta you gotta move with the changes you know what I mean okay so Juneteenth after the period of Juneteenth um, after that day there's a thing called the scatter and this is when a lot of enslaved Africans left the area um, of where they were enslaved to go and try to find their people, to go try to find their family, um, different parts of their families. So Juneteenth also, um, it's celebrated under different names. So there's a Freedom Day, Jubilee Day, um, Cell Liberation Day, Second Independence Day. And um, Emancipation Park is actually a place in Houston um, that is dedicated to Juneteenth. All right, so that's enough about that. Okay, so now we are going to move on to Beyonce. So as I mentioned, I really, really enjoy um, Black Parade. Let me put these lyrics up here for y'all. Here's the, here's the lyrics for everyone. Who is this? Oh. Um people requesting to join okay so these are some of the lyrics to black parade for those in who are interested in seeing it on the instagram so go if whenever if you're um in your car don't do this but if you're just casually listening to the podcast go and look up these lyrics to black parade because um i'm about to go through these and kind of give you some history about these um some of the codes that she drops in this some really great information is in this song especially if you go and google like the lyrics and stuff like that um so let's just go down okay can you speak to what is a good way to honor our ancestors if we are not a spiritual practitioner so i mean ancestor offerings i mean i have a lot of content <laughs> on my patreon but you can honor your ancestor by giving offerings, you know, by giving, um, you know, by read. It depends on who your ancestors are. Um, I mean, maybe book a reading with me. I can I can tell you all about that stuff. Um, okay, so we see here. She says in the beginning, "I'm going going back to the south. I'm going back 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 back." <laughs> Sorry. I didn't warm up my voice before this, so don't make fun of me. Um, so we see I'm going back, back down to the south. So at the beginning of this song, we really see her set it up as an understanding that the south is is a, kind of like the motherland of the United States as far as black people. Um, now, there were different parts, like in the Geechee, area and set the Carolinas um, New York also there is um, there's a huge population of black people who have been there basically since being since getting off the boat 
But <laughs> let's keep it real. Y'all know what the South is. Y'all know what it is. We we got the culture. Everybody wants to come to New Orleans. Everybody wants to be down here. So <clears throat> she says, where my roots ain't watered down. So this refers to, I think, her really claiming her roots as a Southerner because a lot of times people like to hate in the past and act like Beyonce wasn't proud to be black. Um, so then we also see her say, growing, growing like a baobab tree. And I'm going to put this on here for my Instagram people. We're going to kind of dive deep into this. So th think of the baobab tree. The baobab tree is called many times the tree of life is considered a miracle plant because it stores life-sustaining water inside its trunk and branches. And so I think it's interesting that we we see a lot of elements of water in Beyonce's work. Um, you know, she loves, loves Oshun, loves Yemaya. So um, in Africa and Madagascar, and if you're listening to this podcast, I urge you to go and look this up. In Africa and Madagascar, where the tree grows in arid regions, the tree's water is a valuable resource. So she's really, <coughs> woo, sorry, she's really leaning into this metaphor of ancestors and being rooted as being nourishment. It's the water. It's like the water that we put on the altar. You know what I mean? So the baobab, the baobab tree is an ancient survivor. Some baobab trees have lived for more than 1,000 years. So that's a very, very ancient ancestor that's, that has seen a lot. And we see a lot of allusions to the tree of life um, as the tr well, at the tree of life in a lot of different cultures. So the tree as rooting us down to earth and then going up and um, giving us con a connection with the heavens. So um, the original tree of life was in the Garden of Eden, um, according to Jews and Christians. And in the Torah and in the Bible, um, cherubim angels guard the tree of life from humans who had fallen from sins. So this is a Bible verse, um, Genesis 3.24. After he, God, drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So this actually, this is actually kind of like, I feel like this is kind of like an initi initiatory process. This isn't actually like a literal sword flashing um, Jews believe that Archangel Metatron now guards the tree of life in the spiritual realm. And so Metatron, that's a deep, that's a very old, old angel. One of the greatest of the angels in um, Jewish myths and legends. A very, very supreme um, being the scribe who recorded the word of God whenever God spoke existence into being. Metatron is who recorded what happened. So um, 
Metatron also has a lot of gifts. Metatron is a powerful angel who teaches people how to use their spiritual gifts. We're really diving down the rabbit hole with this one. We we were originally talking about Beyonce, but I mean, this all has something to do with her because that tree, the Baobab tree has a lot to do with Metatron. Um, if, we, if we're going down the history, we're going down the rabbit hole. Okay, so Metatron is great for help, helping people access their Akashic records. The Akashic records are those, um, the records that are in like the fourth dimension, fourth, fifth dimension, contains all of history, all the information of reality. Um, so let's, 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 let's get back to this tree here. Um, yes, so with the tree, we see water, we see her say this thing of this, the lyrics about the tree growing, growing like a baobab tree. So she's saying that I think it's like through her culture, through her art, she is growing roots deeper and deeper. And the deeper that you grow your roots, the more water and sustenance you're able to find. So it's like she's she's really saying I'm the roots are deep. And also I think she's kind of really reclaiming the South. Like, I mean, I do, I definitely want to visit the motherland one day. But as black people here in the United States, we need to understand that we have really created a lot here on this soil. And I really like that she has these lyrics in here um, because it's like we have the ability to look so deep into our own um, history here. I mean, we created jazz music, blues music here. Um, there's also, you know, a lot of um, a lot of literature, a lot of um, people talk about black natives who were here before <clears throat> before colonization. So these are black indigenous people who lived here in the United States. Um, well, before it was the United States, whenever it was just kind of like, you know, first nation set up. So we, I do think it is, as someone who grew up in Mississippi, I've really explored kind of, I've explored some shamanism, um, and I've really kind of explored my native spirits in Mississippi. And there's a lot to, to, to think about. There's been a lot that's gone down in this area of the world over a, thousands of years. The United States is not the first, the, the United States is not the first nation to be here. So we have to understand we're living in the context of a lot of different spiritual grids. Definitely living here in New Orleans, I'm aware of all that. Um, this is such a watery spiritual place. But definitely whenever we're thinking about all this stuff, especially black people, like we're living on a grid. I mean, this grid of the United States is particularly young, but the United States is only about 200, 300 years old. So these people, indigenous people here were here were here for thousands of years. So um, I think it's I think we can't really separate ourselves. Oh, these people are like shouting outside. We can't really separate ourselves from this history. You know what I mean? So we're on this land, so we have to recognize the spirits and definitely from doing spiritual work here. Um, 
it's very helpful to be aware of that, especially as black people, especially as we look for new avenues to pursue spirituality, you know? Um, I'm kind of just rambling on. Give me some comments. Are y'all enjoying this talk? What do y'all think about this talk? I'm just kind of going off down the rabbit hole um, talking about all this stuff. But this song is very, very, very deep, y'all. Okay. So let's go and look at more of Beyonce's lyrics. So this is the Baobab tree, as I have mentioned, um, for people who are just now coming in. Yes, I love, thank y'all so much for the comments. I love y'all. Um, so we're going back to the lyrics now. <clears throat> melanin, melanin, my drip is skin deep, like motherland, motherland, motherland. So she keeps saying motherland, 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 motherland. So she's really reinforcing this. I think the, also the, the thought of, um, oh yes, thank you. I think she's really, she's also just emphasizing motherland, the South as the motherland. Also, you know, there's multiple types of motherlands. So what is this idea of being a people without a land, you know? We have to make motherland where it is, period. Um, Cause we have a lot of revolutionary culture here in the United States. That is something that I remember whenever I studied abroad for like a year in, um, in Latin America. It was cool to be out of the country, but I was like, man, I am missing out. Cause black people here in the United States, we got like some vibrant culture. We are very, very interesting people. Always some tea. We know how to carry. Um, okay, so I also wanted to bring up that Black Parade does follow um, the George Floyd death. So this is a subs the subsequential international mass protest. So she's really feeding on this energy. You know what I mean? She's really riding this energy, really riding it um, to bring home a point period so let's see also we have beyonce uh there are a lot of allusions to bees in this song so let me put up this other lyric slide here there's a lot of allusions to bees in this song and you know um bees have to do with honey bees is oshun you know what i mean bee bees bees so she talks about the bayhive us whoever i mean if you're not in the bayhive then you know you might want to reevaluate your life because you're listening to this podcast and you're also watching this live <laughs> so um yes this song is amazing oh my god is a door noir um so yes so she does refer to the Bayhive a lot, which is amazing, but she also refers to bees. And this song is also a, a song that's kind of like calling attention, um, calling everyone's attention to become more rebellious, calling everyone's attention, telling the other side, the whites, I'm kidding, <laughs> telling anyone who is a, a hater, a racist, that we are ready, period. So she uses this um, this metaphor of the bees, the bayhive, 
Um, so also we see in some lyrics where she talks about, I charge my crystals in a full moon. She also talks about her baby sister repping Yemaya. So it's interesting that she a lot of times is represented Oshun and then her baby sister represents Yemaya and they work together, you know, um, work together a whole lot. Um, <clears throat> and then she has that she has the waist beads from Yoruba. Fuck these laid edges. I'ma let it shrivel up. That's talking about the edges. That could be an allusion to people talking about um, Blue Ivy's hair. Even though Blue Ivy's had like a Grammy since she was born, all this stuff, people really have hated on her hair a whole lot. Um, fuck these fade and waves. I'ma let it dread all up. Put your fists up in the air. Show black love. Motherland drip on me. Motherland, motherland drip on me. So this is a this is really amazing. This is all about coming home yes oh my god yeah and then she also has the twins um yeah so this is this is a really powerful song so next i kind of wanted to go on and move on to the next iteration of um beyonce of what we're seeing as far as this new evolution um this is Sasha Fierce. We got to do an ode to Sasha Fierce. You can be a sweet dream on a beautiful or a beautiful nightmare. Either way, I don't want to wake up from your sweet dream. Um, This was that era, period. I really like Beyonce because she was really experimenting. I don't think people really give her this, but she was really experimenting and really stretching what it means to be like an artist, you know what I mean? And I feel like some of this was very Afro-futuristic. This is one picture here from the Vogue shoot that really made me think about Sweet Dreams. Every night I rest in my bed. Okay. <clears throat> so that really made me think about Sweet Dreams. Okay, vocals. I'm so hoarse. I've been talking so much. I love this one. I mean, we don't know what kind of music it's going to be. Um, accompanied with it. Exactly. We know it's going to be blah, 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 come music. Period. I am ready for the Renaissance. Mugler. Yes, honey. Period. Um, so I also wanted to get into how she, she always, lately, especially as far as being the mother because now she has gone from Sasha Fierce. Sasha Fierce was kind of like the precocious energy, um, the very playful energy. Um, the gays, we gonna get our life, period. Yes, we are. Um, Sasha Fierce was kind of like the, the younger version of Beyonce, the version who, um, you know, would black out on stage and just do all these performances and stuff. But we see, I want to have house music. I really, if Beyonce does a house album, just, I'm just gonna live in the club. Um, who cares about paying bills? I'll just become a go-go dancer. But anyway, we see her really embrace gold a lot as this Oshun figure, you know? We see her and begin to embrace yellow. Yes, she is giving the Empress she really draws a lot on 
the the Venus energy <clears throat> and we see her evolve you know in a lot of ways to this is like an archetype that she begins to really infuse into her art is the idea of motherhood you know after she has blue ivy after number after album four you know um you know with beyonce she's less afraid of what people will think about her um and then she becomes kind of like you know freer and like you know partition and then now she is like really in the embracing the motherhood but as more in radical terms in terms of thinking not only about herself as a mother but also mothers of generations and millennia back which is the reason that she um really emphasizes ancestral relationships oh my god that would be so amazing if she went and did um an Ama azalea banks 212 212 hey yes that would be amazing Okay, so let me put this picture up here because this is the one that I really wanted to discuss. A lot here. So this is one of my favorite pictures. This is so Saturnian. It's definitely giving um, <clears throat> Sun Ra. Definitely is giving Sun Ra. Um, Sun Ra was an artist from... Um, was he from the 70s? When was it? He was very popular back in the 70s. He, his music was very fundamental to Afrofuturism. He really um, stretched the limits, limits of um, music composition as a jazz um, musician. He really pushed um, exper experimental music and incorporated like a cosmic philosophy into um, his, artist, his artistry and aesthetic very ahead of the times but um this picture really calls out to me as um an ode to sun Ra because sun Ra he also said that black people are from saturn which is very interesting um so i really love the gold you know the gold gold is the the highest form and form of alchemy so you can literally think of gold gold is in terms of molecular structure um, in terms of um, purity, gold and occult philosophy is the highest frequency. It's a very high frequency kind of um, metal. And so she, we see her in all gold here. And Saturn, Saturn is very, very esoteric. So it's very interesting that she does have the Saturn um, earrings on. So Saturn is actually the mother planet in um, occultism, in astrology. Um, Saturn is the farthest planet that we can see uh, in, the solar, in the solar system. So that means that we can see Saturn. We can't see Uranus with the naked eye. We can't see Pluto. I mean, that's not a planet anymore. But Saturn is Saturn, Jupiter, Mars you know, and go to go towards the sun. We can see all those planets in the sky. But Saturn is also set to be a portal. And by the way, this is um you can find this on my Instagram. I um I posted this stuff with the picture. But Saturn is the portal that structures the astral field 
onto which we project our likeness into reality, thereby creating the illusion that 3D is real. So I know that is a whole lot of terms and stuff like that, but Saturn is the planet. It's a very, it's the portal in terms of the ways that it as like a, a conscious being is responsible for holding things together. That's why they call Saturn father time um it is what holds together our astral reality so that when that so that our thoughts so that the, the hologram is basically real we wouldn't have 3d without time and time saturn is over time saturn structures time so it's said that souls enter this realm through saturn also um, I also had something on here that was kind of a little bit more esoteric. I do wonder, could Saturn have been one of the stops of the Syrians um, on the way to this planet or back and forth? So if you don't know about the Syrians, this is um, a group of star beings who... Um, the Go Dogon from West Africa. I've talked about this a lot. But who the Dogon from West Africa, um, they talk about them in like their myths. Well, I don't like to call them myths, but they have a lot of art about these Syrians. And they say that these Syrians come from the Sirius star system, which is hundreds of light years away. It's hundreds of light years away, and they discover all of this before quote-unquote modern science, which is super interesting. Um, but I do wonder, could Saturn have been one of the stops that the Syrians made, and could Saturn have been integral um, in terms of black people and our temperament here on this planet? I don't know. Never know. But that is a thought that I'm going to leave with you. Um... And yeah, that is basically all I have for this live and basically all I have for the podcast. Oh, y'all are asking questions on here. Is that why Saturn rules are such good manifestors? Yeah, Saturn rule people, definitely. The tides will turn. Saturn is definitely that. Yeah, ATR really makes us focus on the maternal. Um, yeah, Saturn structures all time, but... Yeah, that is basically all I have. I feel like I went down the rabbit hole very deep. I hope y'all really enjoyed this. Happy Juneteenth. Um, send your black friends. Monetary funds is hard out here. <laughs> My cash app is dollar sign E-L-D-R-A. Venmo is at K-E-O-N-D-I-L-L-O-N. Um, thank you, as always, for your support. I do have one-on-one -on -one hoodoo consultations um, and classes happening right now. So if you're interested in um, general occult studies, hoodoo, tarot lessons, I have those going on right now. Go listen to my other podcast episodes if you haven't already. Join my Patreon. I post readings up on there. And I also post um, different types of just like information, astrology stuff. So go check that out, and I love y'all so much. Thank you for joining me. Bye-bye. <clears throat>